the best Ravens coverage. It's time for News from the Nest with Vinny and Haney. Sponsored by Hillside Lawn Service, the experienced lawn care specialists. 105.7 The Fan. Vinny and Haney, 105.7 The Fan. News from the Nest. I'm still running from Eli. That song's got me all creeped out here. Hour number three of the show. But Terrell Suggs, we know about old T. Sizzles. Probable member of the Canton Pro Football Hall of Fame, but he's going to get honored by the Ravens coming up here on October the 22nd. And in case you've forgotten about how awesome he was, how about this little playoff fun for you? Third and 11. On the backside ball is stripped. Stripped and recovered by the Ravens. Suggs got to him. Not only knocked it loose, but he pounced on it as well. Jim Nance, CBS on the call. Strip sack Mm -hmm. of Tom Brady in the 2009 wildcard round as the Ravens destroy the Patriots in Foxborough. 33-14, Terrell Suggs, 139 sacks. Seven picks, 39. This is regular season numbers, by the way. 39 forced fumbles, seven-time Pro Bowler, two-time Super Bowl champ, one with Baltimore, one with Kansas City. Defensive Rookie of the Year, Defensive Player of the Year, All-Pro, second-team All-Pro. I mean, this did. Plus, he was a stud at Arizona State, all-time sack leader when he came out of college. So he'll get his ring of honor day against the Detroit Lions at M&T Bank Stadium, and I'm thinking, Vinny, in the next few years, probably going to get that gold jacket, and rightfully so, in Canton, Ohio. I mean, Bob, just listening to you read all of his accomplishments, I mean, he's checked every box, you know? So, yeah, I would I would assume so. Now, I was at his workout when he was, because his agent was one of my best friends, and that's, Bob, when he was coming out, I was living in the hotel working for the Redskins at the time. So I went out there and why? Because he ran bad. 484 in the 40. Yep. Yep. I was there. And he didn't play like that, though, you know? I mean, but he ran. I think that's probably why he dropped some, you know, in the draft because of his, his 40, just like Kyle Hamilton, his 40 time. But. You know, he was a productive sack dude, and he played fast. The Ravens got him with the 10th pick overall yeah. back in 2003. So congratulations to you, Terrell Suggs, on first of probably many post-career honors. But let's talk about a guy, news from the Nest, bidding and hating 105.7 The Fan, who was the number one pick in the draft coming out of South Carolina. That's Jadavian Clowney now in Baltimore. Met with the media yesterday and talked about the Ravens and why they were the perfect fit. I felt like they had a winning team. Like a team come win, a, go to the playoffs, have a chance to win it. So I felt like if I come help, do my part, hopefully we can win it. So that's what I was thinking when I came to visit. I, I, my question would be, what do you see your part being? That's what, you know, is it, you know, is it more sack? Is it more run? You know, what What do they want from you? Because I kind of see in it being like a younger JPP. You know, where what at the end, JPP was, they were because he was awesome against the run. You know, sack kind of wore down. So I kind of see, I, I see Clowney kind of being in the rotation with a Jabo Oway Clowney. Those three rotating through. And he talks about what his role is expected to be here, and we'll get to it in a second. But take us through the interview process with the assumption he quit on Cleveland last year. What are you asking him when you're bringing him to the castle? Well, 
I'm, I'm sure Harbs is, but before they even bring him to the castle, Bob, I'm sure Harbs had a long conversation with Anthony Weaver, who was with him for three years. In Houston. In Houston, yes. You know, his first three years. So, what kind of guy is he? Is And you know what it takes. You know, if I'm Harbs, I'm talking to Anthony. You know what it takes to be in our locker room. Will he fit in our locker room? Will he get along with our guys? Will he be a cancer in a locker room? You know, and if it's no, 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 all right, let's bring him in. Let's talk to him ourselves. And then, okay, Jadavian, what happened in Cleveland? I mean, I, I'm if I'm Harms, I'm sitting across from what happened. Just tell me. You know, give me give me your story. What happened? You know, and then Harms had been satisfied for, you know, what he said. You know, did he, if, if he quit, you know, his reasoning for what happened there. Here's Clowney. Yeah, he was asked the question that Vinny just asked. Hey, what's your role going to be there? Uh, kind of, you know, just come, you know, get my snaps up. We're going to take my time. They said they're going to take their time with me and see how I go. But once the season get rolled, you never know. Right? Your role changes very quick when you play. So we'll see. Sounds like he's not playing tomorrow night. <laughs> right. If they're going to ramp him up. Um, yeah, and, and things could change in a hurry. I mean, Bob, let, let's just say, you know, he a jabo and he rotates in there. And he gets a sack or whatever. He, the the more he, the better he plays, and he gonna get his snap. He he gonna get his snaps, and he's gonna play. You know what I mean? If he's struggling early, okay, well, you know, cut his reps down. Maybe you know he needs he needs some conditioning or whatever. But if he's playing well, he's gonna keep playing because they're gonna they're gonna, with Bowser being out, they don't have anybody else other than those three. Video to Handy 1057 The Fan. We'll hear more from uh, Jadavia Clowney later on in the hour. Got NFL lunch coming up at 1 o'clock. Ravens taking on Tampa tomorrow. 7 o'clock kickoff there. Preseason finale. So who's playing? Who isn't? Will he play? How many of the cornerbacks should be on the field? Since a lot of them haven't seen the field in quite some time. But when we come back, buy or sell at 1215. Here's our money. Find out heading into the weekend. Rock and Baco, MassInSports.com. Talk about the Orioles. Take two out of three from Toronto. Go 10-3 and three against the Blue Jays during the regular season. Maybe acquaintances get renewed in the playoffs. And we'll look ahead to Colorado. And then back to Jadavian Clowney. It's Featured Artist Friday. It's Three Dog Night here on The Fan. Are you buying? Great cash, homie. Or are you selling? I'm not going to buy into that crap. Penny and Haney. 1057 The Fan. Penny and 1057-The Fan here on this featured artist Friday. It's Three Dog Night. We haven't even gotten into the hits that most people have known. So they're coming up here in the next couple of hours. So stay tuned for that. Rock and Baco, bottom of the hour. Talk Orioles with him. Right now, let's count that weekend money. How about a little buy or sell for you? Well, the Dow's up 130. The S&P's up 8. NASDAQ is up 9. DraftKings up 77 cents. Under Armour's up a penny. Start here in the NFL. The Cardinals uh, shipped out Isaiah Simmons yesterday. He's heading to the Giants. Uh, Likely, Cardinals that is, likely destined to be A team finishing in the bottom five yet again this year. So you ask yourself, are more moves coming? Uh, Tight end Zach Ertz just worked his way back after suffering a season-ending injury last year. But at the age of 32, is he willing to sit through another rebuilding year? Cardinals could save roughly $9 million by trading him at some point this season. So Vinny, buy or sell, it would make sense for both sides 
to uh, ship him to another team. No, I'll buy it. If I'm him, I'm, I'd be I'd be begging them, you know, to ship me out. He's probably. I'm thinking that the head coach was an Eagle. He might have been at the Eagles when Ertz was at the Eagles, possibly. So maybe he likes him in the locker room. I don't know. But if I'm Ertz, you know, please just, you know, let me get out of purgatory here or, or probably even hell. Yeah. Let me get out of hell. He's burning right now. Yeah. I mean, they want to lose. Right. You know, so send me to somebody, you know, where I can win, you know, before I retire. I think his wife just retired from, you know, the soccer, so. Now, they did just trade for, what, the Browns backup? Joshua Dobbs. Dobbs. So, yeah. I mean, they do care somewhat who's playing quarterback. Well, that tells you that, uh, you know, Colt McCoy and all those other guys must have really stunk up the joint. Or that Kyler Murray might not be back this oh, year. Yeah, that too. Well, speaking of bad teams over in baseball, the Chicago White Sox. Been a season of change for them. They're going to have a new GM here in the near future. Not long ago, a team on paper that a lot of people were predicting to be a World Series contender for years and years to come, that quickly crashed down on them. Now everyone predicting seemingly a complete blow-up here and jumping back into a full rebuild. We saw them sell off at the deadline this year. Giolito, the biggest piece there that they got rid of. But Bob, buy or sell, uh, this roster is still salvageable and capable of a quicker turnaround than a full-on rebuild. Uh, I'll buy that. Last year, they were a trendy pick to win the American League. And then bottom, they finished 500, but they had all the issues with Tony La Russa and all the drama that surrounded him. This year's just been an unmitigated disaster with allegations of fights in the locker room, fights on the field that we've seen, and people, people falling sleeping. asleep in the, in the bullpen. <laughs> uh, but they have some high-priced talent that that. I mean, you, if you're full-on rebuilding, you're trading Dylan Cease, which they didn't do, so... They're looking at the division. Right now, the Twins are in first place. They're four games over 500. So, yeah, their rebuild will not take forever. Back to the NFL here. More trade talk. Uh, the Dolphins, apparently very interested in both Josh Jacobs and Jonathan Taylor, even made some calls to the Raiders about Jacobs. That didn't end up going anywhere, likely due to the high asking price. But this is becoming a trend for Miami this offseason. Remember, they were uh, in on Dalvin Cook as well still haven't landed anyone but Vinny buyer sell the dolphins will at some point make a prominent running back addition this season i'll buy it i mean they could have had dalvin cook if they if they wanted him. i don't think they wanted to pay it um i i think right player right price kind of like ravens kind of thing with him once the price got too high they weren't going to pay him because i'm guessing they probably wanted to do heavy incentive laden deal um, now with Jonathan Taylor, 24-year-old guy, I'm guessing they probably offered like a third. That's That would be my first offer if I was them. Go back to baseball here. Guardians manager Terry Francona been battling some health issues this past year and is going to undergo a couple procedures this offseason. And because of that, started to toy with the idea of retirement, said the lifestyle becoming a little too difficult at this point in his life. Very accomplished career, two-time World Series champ, uh, went to a third World Series and lost with Cleveland back in 2016. All-time winningest manager in Cleveland history as well. Bob Hall of Fame managers, a very select group, very elite group, not a lot of them in the hall, but are you buying or selling that Francona is a shoe in 
I'm guessing his. I don't have his record in front of me. He's well above well above 500 as a manager, and not to mention they've been in the playoff, Boston and Cleveland, multiple other times. With him as the skipper, a lock to get into Cooperstown. Soft fight. He might have to wait a little bit. Remember, he had health problems last year, too. He's had a couple seasons where he's taken a leave of absence from the team. I mean, shut her down. I mean, what more do you need to accomplish here? And we'll close with this here. Joe Burrow remains sidelined after suffering that calf injury earlier in camp. But it hasn't really seemed to concern any of his teammates. You remember Jamar Chase said uh, that Burrow could miss multiple regular season games and they would still be okay. Now Tyler Boyd was asked, how long do you think it'll take uh, your quarterback to get back into a rhythm when he returns? His answer, short and sweet, about one drive. Last year, Burrow missed pretty much all of camp. Week one against the Steelers through four interceptions. Vinny Byersell, there won't be any rust for Burrow this time around. I'll buy it because he's been throwing and, and, you know, doing the practice. And I'm guessing after this preseason, after Tuesday, you know, from we saw, what, two weeks ago when he was running and dropping back and throwing. So, you know, he's doing that. I'm guessing he's going to be pretty close to full go um, two weeks prior to the opener. Video Haney 1057 the fan. When we come back, Rockabaco, MassinSports.com. Talk about the series that was against the Toronto Blue Jays. Orioles win two out of three, including last night, 5-3 behind Kyle Gibson. Couple of home runs there from uh, Santander. Cedric Mullins look ahead to the Rockies. Get an update on Jack Flaherty if there is one. And if Rock was putting together Brandon Hyde's rotation for the divisional round of the playoffs, because we're going to be positive and assume the Orioles are going to win the East, who's he picking to throw that baseball? Your sports information station, 1057 The Fan. Video Haiti 1057 The Fed, Bob Haiti B. Serrato. Moment ago, all the side of the glass. Featured artist Friday, it's Three Dog Night. You chose them. We're jamming. Send your song request, plus for text line. Make it happen for you. By the way, Tim Barbalace is filling in for the old Bobster tonight on BBT, brought to you by Sabo Auto Parts. I think the old, uh, old voice box is running out of juice here. Yeah. You might want to get that COVID test. I got it last night. Negative. Negative. That's good. Sore throat, positive. Cold That's beer, cold beer later, 1,000% Because you said you were going to have five beers last. Did it help? Yeah. I didn't feel the pain. You sounded good. So I tried to squeeze my big butt through that table down there. <laughs> you couldn't tell. Your, your voice sounded good. My Timba? Yeah. Timba was good? Yeah. Ryan Ripken was doing most of the talking, though. That's a... Uh, what made it easier for me. But anyway, we're not here to talk about me whining about things. We're here to talk about the Orioles and nothing to whine about with them. First place in the East. Just took two out of three again from Toronto. Gibber goes eight strong. Colorado's coming to town. So that looks pretty inviting. Here to talk the Orioles from MassInSports.com. Let's welcome back to the show. Rock Abaco. Rock, good afternoon. What's happening? Hey, guys. How are you? Good, Rock. Doing all right, Rock. And talking earlier in the program today for watching the Orioles in the fourth inning, Kyle Gibson, and you're saying, well, he'll make it through eight tonight. I would have been like, I don't see him getting through this inning. But he did. Then he settled down. And outside, I guess, of the belt homer there, he really started to roll. How big was that for him 
personally to to get that eight, eight innings in. And we know it helps the bullpen and everything that goes along with it. But for Gibson, how big of a start was that for him? Yeah, I mean, it means a lot to him because he said many times, and it's kind of similar to Jordan Lyles last year, you know, doing it for the boys, is, you know, getting deep into games, giving your team a chance to win, saving the bullpen. And normally if you get through six, you feel like you accomplished that goal, and certainly seven. Eight was above and beyond. But also I think it meant a lot to him because his last couple starts he had, he had struggled, and you start thinking, okay, you know, you're worrying about the younger starters as they're going through August, September, and a pennant race, and this is a veteran guy that you were counting on. This is why you signed him, to not just give you the innings, but to provide that, you know, stability in the rotation. And, you know, if he starts struggling, then you've really got to worry. And then he turns around and, you know, puts forth an effort like he did last night. And, you know, a five-pitch first inning, I think it was 13 pitches through the second, working quickly and, and getting quick outs. Uh, and, you know, there was, we were wondering, he's not going to come back out for the ninth. Is he? He's like, no, he's at 95 pitches. But I wasn't even sure he was coming back out for the eighth just because that's normally not what we're used to seeing. I, mean, I think Bradish went seven and a third. That was the high this year. So to see a guy coming back out the way he did and getting through that inning, retiring the side in order, strike out to end it. I mean, it was just really, really impressive and not something that you're used to seeing, not just in Baltimore. I mean, you know, in baseball, you don't see many complete games anymore. So how often do you even see a guy complete eight innings? I mean, it's, it's totally different than when, you know, we were growing up. Rock Cole Irvin's going to get the ball tonight. And, you know, the overall numbers aren't all that impressive, but he's pitched very well since his recall. Sub one earn run average here in uh, August. You're still waiting on means to come back. Who knows what Tyler Wells' role will be when he eventually returns. But how important? shall we say, is Cole Irving going to be for the Orioles in the final five weeks of the regular season? Yeah, I think either way. I mean, if they're staying with a six-man rotation, which we're going to wait to see when Jack Flaherty returns, you know, it, it's important. And to, and to have a left-hander, and even if he ends up back in the bullpen, cause I don't know how long they're going to do the six-man thing, but to provide length, again, uh, as, as a lefty reliever, I think all that's important. And he has pitched a lot better. I think opponents are hitting like 163 against him in five games this month. So he's been a lot better, and it's been kind of a weird year for him. He only got three starts and was optioned, and it's like, man, that's a short leash for a guy you traded for with a little bit of a track record, but that's how they've been all year. I mean, they are in contender mode, and it's like every game really, really matters now, and they couldn't afford to wait it out with him and thought he needed a reset and to work on some things, including his, his pitch usage. So, I mean, I you know we'll see how it goes, but he's been much better, and I think he's important in, in whatever role they use, but – Certainly the sixth man, because they are working so hard to monitor innings for these younger guys. Everybody's approaching or exceeding their career highs. I wrote about this morning. It's a little unusual. And, you know, we look at a team that's getting ready for the playoffs here and making this push, and they're worrying about these sort of things. Veteran clubs, they don't worry about that. These guys are used to pitching in September and into October and whatever. And the Orioles, it's a little different. So, you know, they need the extra help. And Urban is a guy that can – ease that load in the rotation and in the bullpen. Rock Abaco, MassInSports.com, joining us here on the fan. Bob Haney, Vinny Serrato. Rock, talking about the Birds of Baltimore. Colorado coming to town. Three-game series starting tonight, 7.05 Camden Yards. We mentioned John Means. He's going to pitch tonight, I think, for Norfolk. He had a couple of rehabs with Bowie as well. Once he gets clearance, clearance to return to Baltimore, what will his role be in September? Yeah, we're still... We're still waiting to find out, and I don't know if the Orioles have settled it yet, obviously being stretched out so that he could start if that's what they want to do with him. I don't know whether he jumps right to the rotation 
or if he's just going to be a bullpen guy or he starts out in the bullpen, then they start swapping some guys out. All right, you make a start. You go to the pen to kind of catch your breath and swap some guys out, which also would be a unique strategy, I think. But I know what he wants to do. He's used to starting now, and, that's, and you know, he would love to just rejoin the rotation, and maybe, maybe he's the sixth guy in that rotation. You take somebody who's not pitching as well and, and move him out to the bullpen, or even if Urban's pitching well, maybe he goes back to that role and means as the lefty starter. Uh, I think they're still trying to determine that. Uh, and but, you know, it's definitely going to be a, they hope, early September expanded roster addition. But they have a lot of decisions to make there because we know Wells is coming back as a reliever at some point. D.L. Hall is going to be joining the club as a reliever. And we don't know what other moves they could potentially be making. So, you know, it's only a 28-man roster in September. So there's going to be some, there's going to be some swapping out going on. And I joke with, with Hyde. I said, man, is that too much pitching? And he goes, you never have too much pitching. <laughs> so it'll work itself out. But right now it is interesting to see how, you know, they have all these arms. They're trying to figure out how to fit that. And at the most, a 14-man pitching staff, which, by the way, I think is ridiculous. I, th- I don't like expansion to 40 players in September, but I think 30 would have made more sense and certainly add a few more arms. You literally can only add one extra pitcher in September. I don't know why that is. A uh, rock. If the playoffs were to start today, who's your four man rotation? We, we talked about it earlier, but what would you do? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's getting a little easier now just because for now you kind of dismiss Flaherty and I'm not saying for good, but at this point, if you had to make a decision today, Jack Flaherty's not in it, and we made the assumption he would be after the trade, but I think Kyle Bradish is your number one guy right now. Yeah. He's tied for the lowest ERA in the American League with Cole, Garrett Cole. He is the staff ace right now. So it's got to be him. It's got to be Kyle Gibson. And then you look at all right, and then, you know, Dean Kramer and, and Grayson Rodriguez. I mean, is that what we're looking at right now? I mean, I think those would be my four. Hey, Rock, what's your trust level in Fuji? <laughs> Uh, it fluctuates, which I guess overall <laughs> means there's not a lot of trust, right? If trust is fluctuating, there's not a lot of trust. And you see what he's got. And But that was in a low-leverage seven-run lead situation. But he struck out the side. He's thrown, you know, 100, 102. And, you know, he's got a secondary stuff as well. But, you know, he doesn't always command it. And that was the issue with Oakland. It got better when they moved into the bullpen and started working with him a little bit. And then the Orioles get their, their hands on him. And they feel like there's other things they can do, too, to – to get the most out of them. But yeah, if it's, you know, a playoff game, seventh inning runners on base, I mean, are you comfortable with him coming in and throwing strikes and getting those outs or not? If it's seven, Uh, nothing we are. Yeah. You better believe it, you know, (laughs) in either direction. But uh, you know, he's, I think, you know, it was an audition when they acquired him because it was very low cost, no offense to Easton Lucas, but not, they didn't give up a top prospect for him. It was like, all right, you got two months to show us whether, you're a guy on the postseason roster, and if not, he won't be on the roster. Otherwise, they would love to have that arm as one of those power guys in the back end of the bullpen and somebody who, you know, could give you some length because he did start before. But even if it's just one inning, and, you know, especially in the postseason, you'd like quick starter, get us through five innings, then turn it over to a bullpen that can cover the rest. And the Orioles, do, you know, are hoping that with Cano and Bautista and Coulomb and the way Perez is throwing right now and you factor him in, that – you know, they could go ahead and cover those innings. But, yeah, it's still audition time. But we've seen in, in spurts just how good he can be. And then suddenly there's a home run. I think he's been rescued by a couple good catches in the outfield or it could have been even worse. So it's it's been a roller coaster so far. You just 
he's like the box of chocolates. You know, you, you just don't know what you're going to get with him. Yeah, and most of those chocolates usually suck, by the way. Hey, rock a box <laughs> oh, the jelly ones. The jelly ones were the worst when you were a kid. Yeah, you know? I used to get the one with filled with toothpaste for some reason. Rock a com. Last thing for you, you talked about roster, roster expansion, one pitcher going to bring up a position player as well yes the jackson holiday chatter as you well know was percolating last week who's a more realistic option to get called up here in september i think the top two would be joey ortiz or to get colton Kowser back depending what they're looking for you know ortiz he's a plus defender he's been hitting really well in triple a uh he has been exposed to the majors already and and Kowser, you know he, he struggled here a lot but then was hitting really well in norfolk until the last couple of days I would think, you know, those two right now, and then you look at, all right, would, would they bring up a Kerstad? I don't think so. I don't want to say never, but I think if you're going to break my outfielder, it would be a, a Kowser who also plays center. And the holiday stuff, I, you know, you heard the chatter, but a lot of that just came with like, I think there was a line throw in a John Heyman story that was just kind of like, hmm, would they do that? We don't know. And then it moved on, and yet it was it, the headline made it appear – that there was some inside information. I think he was interviewing Matt Holiday at the time about it. So there was really nothing concrete. I haven't heard anything coming from the organization. I think him jumping to Norfolk after starting out in Delmarva, I think Eli said it was almost unprecedented. And that would be tr- a tremendous leap, let alone coming in the majors to do what? I don't know, be a, a bench guy, pinch runner, occasional this or that. As one person in the organization said, what's wrong with Gunnar Henderson at shortstop? Like, we're pretty happy with him there right now. So, I don't think it's Holiday. I think it's more likely Ortiz or Kowser. But if I'm wrong, I will gladly say I'm wrong and, and happily cover his debut. Rockabaco, MassInSports.com. Rock, as always, appreciate the time. Have a great weekend. Thanks, Rock. Thanks, guys. Yep. Stay healthy. There's Rockabaco, MassInSports.com. We'll come back, hear more from Jadavian Clowney. We'll get to John Harbaugh as well. I got NFL lunch coming up. Top of the hour, American League East report coming up at 1.15. Give you the scores from last night. Give you an updated standings report and talk about the schedule for this weekend. Then Aaron Wilson, longtime friend, to cover the Ravens way back when for the Carroll County Times and the Baltimore Sun. Now he's in Houston, covers the Texans. He'll give us a status report on the team the Ravens open their schedule with. Regular season, of course, September 10th. One day trades. Three cents a share. That's three dollars. You cheap. And one plays scratch offs. When we go to gamble, we go to lose. If they still work here, you can bet they're in the bend. Vinny and Haney on 1057 The Fan. Play something sweet. Play something Vinny and Haney, 1057 The Fan. Featured Artist Friday. It is a three dog night chosen by you, the people. Anything you want to hear from them? Send your requests to the Plaza Tax Line at 410-583-1057. Another hour to go with the tunes. So uh, make it a good one, and we'll jam out together. How's that sound? Inside Access live from Pickles Pub coming up at 2 o'clock, and then it's Baltimore Baseball tonight. Tim Barblice in for yours truly. Ryan Ripkin brought to you by Salvo Auto Parts starting at 6, getting you ready for the Orioles and the Rockies. Cole Irvin against Kyle uh, Freeland. Battle of uh, left-handers, and we'll start previewing that one a little bit more. One fifteen with your American League East report. Got mm-hmm. NFL lunch coming up, top of the hour. Going to hear from John Harbaugh. Going to start projecting the 53 a little bit more for the Ravens. Then Aaron Wilson will be joining us at one thirty, talking about the Houston Texans. But Jadavian Clowney met with the media yesterday. His first uh, introduction to the Baltimore press 
And, of course, we know how friendly everybody is in the Baltimore media. Oh, yeah. I'm sure they were great. And and you know what? Nobody It'll be good yells to, and We'll screams. be able to ask uh, Aaron Wilson about him too, Bob. That's right. Being uh, yeah. with Houston. Houston. Yeah. Unless, you know, you pissed John Harbaugh off. You never played the game, nerds. You watch the game, nerds. Well, that, hey, Bob, that'll be, if they lose to Houston, that'll be Harbs. No, I think we'll be yelling at him. <laughs> Are you doing out there, Harbs? But here's Clowney talking about the young guys. Adape uh, Owe in uh, our boy Jabba. I think they're great players. Uh, they was all, all chosen high. Uh, you know, uh, they can rush off the ball. They can rush inside and outside. And that's the good thing about being on a group like this when everybody can play in different positions. You don't know where they're coming from. And, uh, you know, it's going to be the coach's job to figure out where to line us up at and how to do it. So I'm just ready to see how I look come Sunday. Smart guy saying all the right things. Right. You know, I mean, saying what you expect him to say. What's he going to say? I've never heard of him. You know, or, or, <laughs> who? <laughs> yeah. Although Ajabo was, well, he was high in the second round. Right. 14th in the second round. Highly rated till the injury, yeah. of course. Uh, yeah. So it was as expected. But what kind of mentor can he be to these guys? I guess I don't know what kind of guy he is. You know, is he that kind? You know, like Odell Beckham works with them all. You know, he's always chatting with them and working. You know, we've heard that. And each receiver has talked about that. So we'll see what a job. Oh, I I don't have a clue. Hopefully 30 year old guy um, that he is, you know, helping. The young kid, because there are young, and and they got Chuck Smith right there too, right? You know, so hopefully he gives you know some knowledge to them. Well, like we talked about, might have been last week about uh, Beckham coming back. I mean, he had played in the league in over a year because of the knee injury, yeah. and he's bounced around a little bit, as we know. But you know, his track record of success in New York, he's a high profile player. But so he'll get some instant credibility from the younger guys because they know who he is from when they were growing up. Yeah. Hard to believe you grew up watching him and now your teammates because Beckham's been around since what, 14? I think him and uh, Clowney came out of the same draft class, right? 2014, does that yeah. sound right? Yeah. Either way, he came in with instant credibility, but you still have to solidify that street cred, if you will. By being able to play yeah. a little bit, right? Still, yeah, you still because they're they're like you know. I mean, if you're a young guy, you're Zay Flowers. You've heard about him. You watch him, like you said, and then it's like, can he still play? You know, and yeah, I mean, it, to me, I think he he's got all the attention of everybody offensively and defensively. That yeah, he can he can still go. Don't want to get too far off track here because we still have some clowning to do. But you know, bringing up the 14 draft. Clowning number one, numero uno, Greg Robinson, offensive tackle to the Rams, who were still in St. Louis at the time. Yeah. Coming in number three, quarterback, take a guess, out of Central Florida. Oh. Oh, Bortles. Bort Lake Bortles. There you go. Wow. First wide receiver picked was number four overall. Wasn't Odell. Nope. He was the 12th pick. Who would have been a, like a probably a taller? Let's just say guy. we've talked about him a lot around here the last couple of years of local interest. Wide receiver out of Clemson. Oh, Sammy Watkins. Sammy there Watkins. Oh, 
If you give me the college, I could probably get oh, it. Yeah, he, he was number four. <laughs> Sammy was four. Fourth overall pick, Buffalo. Khalil Mack, five. Jake Matthews was six at Atlanta. Mike Evans went to Tampa. So Evans and Beckham were both picked after uh, Sammy Watkins there. Oh, and Yeah, that was, oops. Yeah, <laughs> that's a, my bad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't think say I don't mean to laugh at Sammy. He's probably got a few mil in the bank, but he's out of the league. And you know Evans is you know Pro still Bowler, going strong. Yeah. Super Bowl champ. Beckham's got a Super Bowl ring. It's crazy how things kind of work out in the end there. But Clowney's now in Baltimore with the Ravens, and here he is talking about this Ravens offense that he's got a small glimpse of him in practice. I got a year off from chasing the, the quickest, fastest quarterback in the league. Uh, it's great. <laughs> Nah, but I think they got a lot of potential with the receiving cores they got. They, them guys been catching the ball all over the field. J.K. running a uh, uh, Dobbs, the running back, running pretty good. Just came back. Uh, offensive line, physical, big. It's going to be a good season just to watch them guys compete. Yeah, I think he's still kind of getting to know his new teammates, right? Uh, he's probably uh, – I'm sure that, you know, they played him twice last year, so he knows – I don't know if he knows the names, physical, big. That's probably the same thing they were last year. You know, same type of guy. It is the same guys other than one. So, well, you had to look at. He was in Cleveland. We're talking with Clowney, of course, twenty-one and twenty-two. So we had a cup of coffee with Beckham before Odell got sent to the Rams. Okay, he he was there. Yes. So then Munkin was there too. Munkin was in Georgia in twenty-one. Oh yeah. Twenty-one and twenty-two. Clowney was in Cleveland. So Beckham, remember, got traded to Los Angeles. Yeah. He didn't make it through the full season. And Clowney had nine and a half sacks for Cleveland. Well, he was he was a beast his first year. Yeah. So I mean they their pads crossed uh, briefly as teammates there. And finally Judavian Clowney talking about John Harbaugh. You talk about everybody love everybody, right? I've been a fan of John Harbaugh uh-huh. since I came to the league. I just felt like watching him on TV, he was all about his players and asking me, hey, what y'all want to do? What y'all want to do? So I want to be a part of it. Coming over here, it's been great so far. Great team. Great atmosphere. We've been great practices. The sun, not even, it's now, don't get too hot. It ain't Houston weather, so it's been great. He hasn't been in Houston for Oh, I guess maybe he lives in Houston. I, no I don't know. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, yeah, everybody love her. I love Harbs. Love my teammates. <laughs> you know. <laughs> And it can still get hot in Baltimore. September 10th, there's no guarantees it'll yeah. be uh, ideal football. Those, those, could those be 80 days degrees. that he was sitting out, and we were sitting out there sweating our ass off when it was over 100 degrees. He was enjoying his uh, final couple of weeks of yeah. football respite. Let's get out to the phone, squeeze one in before NFL lunch. Coming up, 1 o'clock, let's go to White Marsh. It's Cliff. Cliff, what's happening, buddy? Hey, Bob, and uh, Vinny, three quick things. Bob, I did not know that uh, – your cousin was my friend from UPS, Sherry. Sherry Hoofnagel. Yep, saw her Sunday, as a matter of fact. Yeah, she said, but I saw her early. She stopped by the farmer's market, and I bought some raffle tickets from her and hadn't seen her probably in 15 years, and that was nice. Yeah, I'm not surprised uh, she fleeced you for some money, though. Vinny, uh, <laughs> <laughs> real quick, uh, I never watched any of the preseason. Uh, but how did Anthony Brown look? Uh I, I don't know what their plans are for a backup quarterback. He's a young guy. What do you think of him? Um, I think he'll be on a practice squad, and 
Uh, I don't think he'll ever elevate to a starting quarterback in the National Football League. But, you know, I mean, they, they need a guy. He's been there. He knows the offense. So to have three guys throwing, you know, or four, yeah. whatever it may be, you know, I, I and think. Bob, Bob, real quick before I go, uh, yes. you know, Cole Irvin, I mean, he did get a quick hook this year. And he, what you call the manager sent him down pretty quickly. But I'll tell you one thing. I know it's only been a, a couple games where he's really thrown the ball really well, but he works quick. He uh, has an idea, him and the catcher, what they want to do. And, Bob, he's not afraid with his stuff to come inside on right-handed hitters. And too many times you see left-handed uh, pitchers try to nibble on that outside corner of the plate, and good hitters, as soon as you make one little mistake, they hit it in the right field for a base hit. I'm not saying he's all this and all that, but I'd like to see more because, uh, especially the last month and a half, Bob, I, you know, they're trying to save some arms. I think the guy is really in a good spot for the Orioles, and I want to see what he's got the rest of the way. Yeah, well, he's pitching tonight. Thanks for the call, Cliff. And when he was in Oakland, didn't give up a lot of homers and didn't walk a lot of guys. And it's easier now, Camden Yards, to pitch inside because the wall's like 5,000 feet away. You can yeah. take your chances. Old Camden Yards, you did nibble because if you got it anywhere near the beat of the plate, that thing's a souvenir. But Cole Irvin has been outstanding for them, as we just talked about with Rocco Bacco and whatever role he's been called upon to uh, to accomplish. Sub-1 earner, 064 ERA, buck 63 batting average against in August. Going up against Colorado tonight. We'll talk about that in about 15, 20 minutes or so with the American League East report. But when we come back, John Harbaugh. Going to hear from him. NFL lunch style will start projecting this 53-man roster. Players that need to step up, or is this thing pretty much already decided the roster, barring injuries, of course? 